Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Being on stage feels like someone else, but also more yourself than you've ever felt. This feels like getting to live in your imagination. Seeing everyone again brought back so many memories. Being able to be in the show will be one of the greatest treasures of my life. Hello and welcome back to Patreon with Cheese and we're back in our Encore recap and I'm once again joined by the incredible, the wonderful, my favorite person in the world, Elizabeth Estes. Hello, I'm back. How are you doing today? Are you, are you trying your best? I'm, I'm trying my best. Um, for context, people who can't see for the world because they can't see what I'm wearing a shirt, this is trying my best. So She's trying her best. I, I have the video proof that she is indeed trying her best. Jarvis Johnson. So what do we talk about today? Uh, what, what, what we got in this episode of Encore? Episode four. Today we have a production of Grease in Hackensack, New Jersey that originally happened in 1990. This might be the most New Jersey thing I've ever this seen. This is so Jersey. Like, it's so New Jersey. Everyone's yelling at each other every 10 seconds. <laughs> Everyone's so angry at each other. Like there's so much bubbling frustration, but it's not because of like the sexual tension or the old boyfriend. It's just everyone's angry because they're from New Jersey. It is so different from every other episode because of that. I am I'm dating someone from New Jersey, so yes, I can attest that a lot of people from New Jersey don't want to be in New Jersey. <laughs> Hey, what we doing here? Come on, come on. We should be doing our Grease Lightning performance. Why Why are we just shooting the shit right now? There's a lot of Italians in New Jersey. So. Uh, they're just very big, very angry, very frustrated. And then, like, the one the one black guy is like, I'm here to, you know, kind of do this thing. And can we stop fucking around, please? He's, this, this dude's been living in Berlin for the past like 10 years maybe 15 exactly. years a long time he's just like he's a, he's now a sophisticated European man and all these New Jersey people are just screaming at each other about bagels and it's just like can we do hey a- you want a bagel no that's a Philly that's what you say Philly there are bagels in oh, Philly okay. not New Jersey not that part of New Jersey <laughs> Um. Yeah, this episode was it was fun. It was. It was it so was New Jersey. Angry and test. It was so New Jersey. It became fun. <laughs> yeah, it's so full of testosterone. Oh, there's like, so much. Uh, honestly, my honestly, my favorite part was in the wife of the dude who's playing Kaniki was like, "Yo, I heard yes. I heard from your dad. Like, this is a terrible New Jersey accent. My boyfriend does not have one, so I cannot recreate it. Um, yo, I heard, Try your best, I heard but... from your I heard from your dad that you make out with Rizzo for like half the show." <laughs> And the act, the di- the guy's just like, no, it's only for like a second. And the dad is like, it's for like a long time. <laughs> and the wife is like, what? What's going on? What? The and his wife is very, very pretty. It's it makes me feel gorgeous. bad that she's so insecure because she's like so gorgeous. She's like, my husband's gonna have to kiss another lady. What? That's my man. She came around to it. She was just like uncomfortable. She's like, oh, they're acting. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when she's going to see the play and they ask the son and they're like, what are you going to do if your daddy has to kiss another girl? Close mommy's eyes. And the daughter's just like, yeah, we're going to close our eyes. <laughs> Honestly, the, the best word to show is just the little kids just being like, yeah, I'm going to see daddy and semi embarrass himself on stage. It's great. It's, it's, it's pretty wonderful. cute, actually. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like being forced to kiss anyone on stage yeah. is the weirdest thing in the world. Um, I I don't like it. I, I, I've done it once, was not a fan. Yeah. Not gonna lie, it is like a weirdly vulnerable thing to kind of do. And also, that's how you get mono. And Liz had mono. I did have great. mono. It was not fun. I don't think my boyfriend did you gave do it, it from to me. Though. Kissing, kissing Rizzo on stage? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe I should call her and find out. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Rizzo, you got mono? <laughs> I got the mono. You can get yourself checked out. Well, my symptoms are gone, Rizzo, so you're lucky. But for a while, it was rough. <laughs> do you like the musical Grease? I like aspects of the musical Grease. I don't like any of it. By aspects, I mean like three songs, two songs. I'm being generous. One song. I don't like one song in Grease. What's the one song you like? Beauty School Dropout. Do you like the Boys to Men cover? Is that your go-to iTunes listen to? No, the Derek Chris version. I have not. I don't like that song. I don't like any song from Grease. I don't like any of it. Grease is fine. That's like the thing with Grease is it's it's so appealing to everybody. Like everyone loves Grease because it's just like a story. It's a simple story of high schoolers doing shit for how it's so how, rapey though. It, yeah, it gets rapey, and there's a weird abortion subplot which like they throw in at the end for whatever reason. Hey, but she's not pregnant. It's okay. If she's not pregnant. It's fine. But still, like the they, she sings into something about having potentially having an abortion. What do you think this is, cabaret? <laughs> oh, God, don't remind me. <laughs> Life is a grease lightning, old chum. Come to the grease lightning. I still have all that cabaret footage. I could watch it again. Yeah, don't don't watch cabaret the movie. Watch watch any stage version. It's better than cabaret the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it, has, it has its weak points, but as a movie, it's like not terrible. As an adaptation, it's yeah. bad. As a movie, it's solid. It's perfectly a- adequate. The filmmaking's good. Like I can't fault it. Yeah, Bob Fosse knows how to make a movie. Bob Fosse can direct. He just isn't good at adapting a musical. I mean, I also he wants to leave his stamp on things. He does. He does, but Sweet Charity didn't do well, so clearly his stamp doesn't work sometimes. So I like Sweet Charity, the movie. Let's I think see. that's a pretty darn good movie. Well, it almost like ruined his whole rap. ass career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor Fop. Poor Fop. Maybe if he directed Grease, it would have been that's all right. True. No, Grease was... Um, I've only seen the movie of Grease, though. So Me too. My inherent bias might be that. I've never seen a stage production. Like, this mooning song, I did not know it existed. I did not know there was a song about mooning people in Greece. I mean, that's like the least surprising thing to learn, to be honest. There's a song about abortion in Greece. There's a song about sexual assault in Greece. There's a lot of... There's a lot going on in Greece. Greece. The thing is, it's not even that interesting. It's mostly a boring watch. It's it's a perfectly adequate teen movie musical. No, a perfectly adequate teen movie musical is Greece 2, starring Michelle Pfeiffer. (laughs) Before we start recording, Jess was like, can we just talk about Grease 2? <laughs> I would much, like, seriously, I would love to do a commentary on Grease 2 with just me and Liz, because that, that, that movie's a blast and a half. Let us know in the comments like the if you want to hear, hear a commentary on Grease 2. <laughs> like Michelle Pfeiffer's dancing after Smooth Rider. It's just like... Like, she's like, the most ridiculous. She's dancing off into the street, seeing Smooth Rider, while Michael is just hanging out, like watching her do this, and she, she can't. He can't even hear her anymore. It's great. <laughs> she just keeps on going. There's three like, songs that... about fucking, one of which involves bowling as a metaphor. 
Um, there's one about reproduction. Not even, like, fucking. It's, like, the act of creating a child. You know, the sexiest part of fucking. Yeah, clearly. Like, these teenagers are thinking about the re- reproductive act of eggs going into sperm and pff, babies. Put your talent tube to work. That's the best line ever written by anyone. Grease 2, 10 out of 10, and no false. Not to mention the one song where uh, the dude uses the fact that America's being bombed to have sex with a girl. Let's do I've it heard worse for our country. I've heard worse pitches. It feels in the same category of shock treatment. Have you ever seen that one? I've seen the musical hell video on shock treatment, so I know of it. I think that, I think that movie's great. I think that movie's a lot of fun. I might I feel yeah, like I might watch it's gotten it, a bad rap. Yeah. I might check it out actually. It's a it's on par with the Rocky Horror Picture Show in a different way. It just should not have been a sequel. It should have just been like, you know, a spiritual successor in the same way that Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are spiritual successors. Oh yeah. Those movies are so good. I love those movies. And you're right. I'm excited for to finally watch Last Night in Soho. Like, same. That same. Looks incredible. I love I everybody in the things, cast. Though. Yeah, same. Like, I saw Laura Crone, who's amazing content creator. Go check her out. She had a great video on Repo and Terrence is an inch. Yes. Very, um, she, she's, she might be coming onto the show, Ooh. um, sometime in her, her early 2021. We'll see Hell about yeah. That. No, yeah, check out the Terrence Adunch video. It's very, very good. Um, but she tweeted just like, He's a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how to feel about last night in Soho. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm scared. That's kind of, have you watched Candyman yet? The new one? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I did not like it. I really, really did not like it. Um, and I felt weird about not liking it uh, until I saw Princess Week's video on it. And then I was like, okay, okay. Someone else can at least put into words the reasons why I don't like this. It's stupid because I do, uh, no one here cares about Candyman. I miss the iconography. <laughs> like, I miss the member berries. That's, it's so stupid. I miss the member berries. <laughs> I wanted a real sequel, and it kind of isn't. You want you wanted them to reference random bits from the first movie, like throughout, be like, so you can point at the screen like that Leo meme. Like, I I recognize that. No, 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 no. It's not that. I just want my Candyman to be Tony Todd with a hook hand. That's all I want. You know, I I don't want much, but when I come to see a Candyman movie, I want Tony Todd with a hook hand. Okay, once I watch it, we'll have a discussion about it. We will. It's like if a nightmare on Elm Street, but it's just some dude is Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that was the remake. You just described the remake. Good job. And, but they're also like, no, 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 no. We're still still in the same universe with the Robert England one, but now it's just some dude. Well, Robert England retired from playing Freddy Krueger, so that's what a reboot would be. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> let me let me do it as a different pitch. All right, so. Let's say we've got a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel, and we start with this one guy like, oh, I'm looking into the Nightmare on Elm Street murders um, and all that. And then slowly he's discovering his face is falling apart, and oh. at the end he's Freddy Krueger. Oh, and... got <laughs> it. it. I, it bothers me. It's really stupid that this bothers me so much. But honestly, I wish I had had a warning like this before I went to see the movie. The trailers are giving me the vibe you were describing, so I. But I understand why not fully grasping it. So I get your anger. <laughs> like, yeah, 
I want Tony Todd. <laughs> we all want, want Tony, Tony Todd. Todd. We all want Tony I Todd. I want him with real bees on his face coming out of his mouth making out with people. And we want him to receive $10,000 for each bee sting that happened in his mouth. Exactly. Real fact from the first movie. Um, that movie is fucking fantastic. That movie is I impeccable. I want Tony Todd to play, play the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, I think that's why I like Candyman because it's very phantomy. It's just like... Yes. It's like, ooh... Imagine like a Candyman Phantom music, a musical like Phantom, but like Candyman. That'd be terrible. <laughs> I think a Candyman musical would actually be great if they really, really leaned into it. And you can get Tony Todd in it. <laughs> yeah, it has to be Tony Todd. It has to be or Tony Todd playing Candyman. Candyman. It really does. It really does have to be Tony Todd. Also, I'm I'm also the person that does not shut up about Candyman to every horror fan I interact with. They're like, have, I as I ask, have you seen Candyman? They're like, I don't know what Candyman is, and I get real mad at them for a second. And I'm like, this is the best movie horror movie of the '90s, bar none. Don't fight me on this. I don't want to hear about Scream. I, I don't want to hear about it. Scream is also good, but Candyman is the best, and I'm going to make you watch it one day. And I finally made my boyfriend watch it. He's just like, I, okay, I get what you're saying. I'm like, thank you. Candyman is number one, but number two is an unpopular one. Um, It is New Nightmare. <laughs> I think New That's Nightmare is That's not unpopular, I would say. Is that not unpopular? No, it's considered- I thought people didn't like that movie. I, it's- it's the prerequisite to screen, so maybe that's why people don't like it. But I think it's the best, one of the best nightmare movies of all time. I mean, it's definitely top three. <laughs> the best nightmare movie is the Dream Warriors, though. I will fight. There you is on. an argument to be made between that one and the first one. There um, is. It's I, a very tight argument. I just think the Dream yes. Warriors embrace is like the best version of fun Freddy, but adding enough serious Freddy. It's the perfect Freddy yes. mix. I agree entirely, but there is like a 20 minute interlude in the middle where we have to have nun flashbacks and then I get bored for a little bit. I like the nun flashbacks. I do not. Maybe because I was it raised Catholic. Pretty lame. So. So, but the first nightmare does not have any boring moments. It just kind of goes, 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 but it has some rough acting. So I yeah. think it's like a razor's edge for me. And some days it's one and some days it's the other. Yeah, but Nightmare 3 has welcome to primetime, bitch. Nightmare 1 has, this is God. And I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. That's not as good as welcome to prime time, bitch. I'm kidding. They're both I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy is I think about that all the time. Like, I watched that movie when I was like 16 and shook me. I was just like, oh my God. But kind of hot, right? (laughs) That one one Robert England covered in fake burns is trying to kill me. Uh, A tongue coming out the phone. Uh, also, fun fact, um, Heather Langkamp has that phone. Oh my god, what's she do with it? She just kept it. Uh, at the end of wow. the shooting, she asked, can I have the phone? She's uh, props for it. was like, absolutely, you can take it. So. I, I wish, I don't know, I think Heather Langkamp seems like a really nice person. I want her to have one more horror outing. I want her to, like, come back for one more horror film, um, as, like, a main co-lead or something. Oh, I was, so me and my boyfriend have this thing where we watch terrible horror movies all the time. So when it, right. Uh, so we watched we watched a movie called Truth or Dare, not Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, which is a terrible oh. movie. Don't watch it. This is a sci-fi movie made like a year prior called Truth or Dare. So it's not a knockoff. It's just coincidentally the same title. Uh, I don't know how that, maybe the development announcement made sci-fi like make this movie real quick. 
So there's a, it's like, it's about ghosts or something. I don't remember. But towards the end of the movie, all the dumb college students are like, we need to figure out what's going on. We need to talk about some person who knows about the curse. And the person who knows about the curse is an old, scarred Heather Langenkamp. (laughs) Who's in the movie for 10 minutes, maybe? I might be being generous here. I don't remember this movie very well, but it is better than the Blumhouse movie. A can of can confirm. (laughs) But I'm just like... And the best part is she's top build. It's like Heather Langenkamp. It's like, where's Heather? Like, you're tired of watching this movie. like, where's Heather Langenkamp? Where is she? And then she shows up at the end. I'm like, oh, there she is. So she's doing oh, TV horror. <laughs> I, 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 She needs her own. You know what the Halloween remake did for Jamie Lee Curtis? She needs one yeah. of those for her. We, the, yeah, the problem with, the problem is we can't. The problem is Fred, Robert England retired from playing Freddy completely. And the last time we replaced Freddy, we replaced him with Rorschach. So. Which isn't a bad choice, just didn't work there. It did not work in that movie. The only thing I liked about that movie is when he, like, puts his, like, scratches his claws next to each other and creates sparks. I like that part mm. of the movie. And that's it. I hated everything else. <laughs> there. I. What. I, I have an idea. I have a pitch for you for a, a Nightmare on Elm Street 4, an actual Nightmare on Elm Street 4, where we kind of ignore all the other sequels and pick up right after 3. Okay, so this is a big hypothetical, because all the actors are old now. So, I, I mean, Patricia Arquette would come back. I've got a feeling she would probably be I don't be think she would. Back. I think she's a little too famous I now. I, I think that would make, I mean, if the money's there, the money's there. That's true. That's true. Okay, what's your pitch? All right, so you know she had, like, the dream powers to pull people into dreams. We'll keep that. Um, so she has this nightmare, and it's finger claws again, except it's Heather Langenkamp with all the Freddy birds, and she's Freddy. And it's, like, more torturous because it's, like, this mother figure to her um, coming to murder all these children that she has to stop. Ooh. It's like the spirit of Fred- Freddy with Heather Langenkamp's voice and body and face. I'm down for that. Hell yeah. So we wouldn't need Robert. We could probably bring Robert England back for a cameo. Yeah, I feel like bring back for a cameo. He like needs a... to be there. But it's Heather Langenkamp, Nancy as Freddy. I think it'd be interesting. We need the correct director, but it could work. Yeah, I, I would like this. Um, or we could go wholly other direction. You know who I think would be a great Freddy? Um, who? Um, if we were to replace him. Go for it. Tell me. Um, I think we should have prestige actor, someone that can kind of play the comedy side as well as the thing. I think Lakeith Stanfield would <gasps> nail it. Oh, he'd be a good Freddy. He would. He also has like a very angular long he face, does. so you could really add whatever you want to it. Yeah. No, no, I think that could work, actually. He hasn't played a villain before, I don't think. So No. He's mostly no, done like hero really. stuff. I mean, Sorry to Bother You is one of those movies that's like very like nuanced and shit, so I won't get into that. I mean, that's but... that leans horror- Ish. It does. I uh, just watch the movie. Don't don't read yeah. anything about it. Just watch it go in blind. It's the best way to watch the movie. Yeah. Also, here's another pitch. Um, and a re- thing that bothers me about Nightmare as a series that they have never done before. I'm the. Why don't we have like real children, like like Stranger Things kid level kids with the Nightmare on Elm Street premise? Because. No one's going to believe kids that age, like t- 10, 11, um, when they're saying what they feel and how nightmares are affecting them. That's true. And it would just be more horrifying. And the Nightmare on Elm Street series has never done that. Yeah. Like in all 20 
adaptations of it that's never been tapped aside from like the little girls playing with the uh, jump rope yeah they don't die though they're like ghosts who sing the freddy song they're in like half yeah. the movies so, i think that would be the next step we bring um lakeith stanfield as new freddy um with um what you call it um patricia arquette is the new matriarch figure um so she's playing Kristen again children yeah She's back as Kristen. Um, she's coming back to help all these children. You know, Doctor Sleep situation where yes. she's kind of like burnt out a little bit and then brought back in. Um, but when she sees Freddy, it's Heather Langenkamp, and when the kids see it, it's Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, so it's like they're two Freddies. I mean, it's the same Freddy. He's yeah. just taking over different figures. Yeah. So now. it's it's like you combine Freddy with Pennywise because Pennywise takes different forms a little bit. The kids he haunts. I, I think that would be a good way to be make Freddy more torturous. And Dream Logic. I think Dream Logic is something they don't lean into as much as they really should in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And I feel like that's some real untapped potential there. And if there was ever a series I would love a remake of with like a really talented director, it's the Nightmare films. I, I'm hesitant for a Nightmare remake because the last one was so bad. <laughs> and... I don't even want a remake. I want soft reboot in the way that I pitched it. Yeah, I know. They could do it that way. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who owns the right to, rights to Freddy at the moment. Cause New Line. New Line got bought up by a bigger company, though. So I forgot who the bigger company. Wait, wait. Was. What wasn't it? Platinum Dunes who did the the Friday the Thirteenth remake? Yeah, yeah, it was Michael Bay. It's Michael, Michael Bay. Bay joint. Like Rooney Mara as fucking Nancy, Nancy was like horrible casting. And also, like, Quentin as the Glenn character. First of all, why was his name Quentin? Where'd they get that? Um, Tarantino. They wanted Tarantino to give it a good review. <laughs> give it an endorsement. I love this film. Yeah, you're not going to get a hostile Tarantino. thing again. <laughs> good luck. Watch Eli Roth be, like, tapped to do it. Fuck that noise. Oh, no. That'd be the worst. Who would be the worst case scenario for a Nightmare on Elm Street remake? <sighs> That's a good question. Any, first any music video director because samuel bayer is a piece of shit he ruined that movie second of all yes um, i mean it depends on um daniels if they got it they're a music video director that i would trust yeah honestly i want the guy the person who directed mandy to direct the nightmare remake really that'd be because mandy's insane and i think freddie needs to be yeah, more insane so we just don't know mine was good no nick cage though we don't need nick cage in nightmare get him out he would not be a terrible freddy krueger like if we were gonna do a different kind of film yeah all right my pitch would be um mike flanagan um who oh, did better choice of hill house and better choice like i, love I mike really flanagan. like dr sleep he would really get the dream logic like have you seen dr sleep yes twice like the travel scenes in there where she's just floating around in her like when like imagine we could do with dreams like when Abra is like kidnapped and then Danny takes over her body takes over her body to talk to the evil guy like oh and imagine how he'd handle evil Heather laying in camp let oh. me write the script Mike Flanagan I got this I'm ready put me in coach little children Nightmare on Elm Street like Yo, Flanagan call ready. us call us Mike call Flanagan us. I got this we got ideas you know this. It worked out so well last time you adapted a really popular franchise. Even Stephen King liked it. Yeah, and Stephen King doesn't like anything he except really Cujo. No, he didn't. He like he liked Misery. I think he liked Kit Misery, Cujo, Stand by and... Me. He likes Stand by Me. What's he think about Dreamcatcher? 
he's never commented on Dreamcatcher because he wrote that. Well, what do you think of Dreamcatcher? I've never seen it. Um, but all I do, Lawrence Kaz did. All I, all I do know is that Stephen King does not remember writing it because he was so high on coke. So it wasn't have good. Have you read it? No, I haven't read it. Um, I've only read so a the- quarter of The Dead Zone and a little bit of The Shining. Stephen King books are hard to read. There's a lot yeah, of setup, and the payoff happens 60 chapters after you read 60 chapters of setup. So, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the premise of Dreamcatcher is a bunch of guys in the wilderness and then shit weasels uh, start attacking them and they go up your bunghole and turn you into demons. And then Morgan Freeman has like horrifying alien eyebrows. Yeah, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I call them shit weasels. I'm Morgan Freeman. Also, I happen to have my copy of Misery by my desk. So, Misery is a good read. Um, the Secret Window is also a very good read. Yeah, my dad's a big, St- big Stephen King fan. So whenever he's done reading a Stephen King book, he gives it to me because he doesn't never reads books twice. So he just gives me gives me the books. It it is weird, but I get Stephen King books. So in the end, it's a good trade off. I bought that a bought this at a used bookstore though. It cost me five dollars. Mm-hmm. It's from 1990 because it now says, now a spectacular motion picture on the front. Wow. Rob Reiner, the same director of The Princess Bride, made probably one of the most horrifying films ever. It's horrifying. Watch, if if you love horror, watch Misery. It's great. Kathy Bates won an Oscar and deserved it. Yeah, Kathy Bates is a 10 out of 10 great she performer. Is. And she's so pretty in that movie. She like, is. I know she's supposed to look kind of repulsive, but she's so pretty she in that movie. She's pretty. Except for when she's hobbling James Conn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's a rough, yeah. It's a little rough. Um, so who do you who do you think was the the the, the MVP of the Greece? The Greece. <laughs> We've been avoiding talking <laughs> about Greece for over 10 minutes. <laughs> do do you regret it? I, I think don't. we had a great conversation. We did. Um, and we did. now I, we have our pitch to I Mike hope you Flanagan. enjoyed our quarter of a horror movie podcast in the middle of our musical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can't tend to do that, don't we? I think this is like the third time we've turned to horror. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a big horror fan. It's just the thing. It's we my, both are. It's where my head goes. I love both. horror. Anyway, um, ah, MVP. Um, I first, I just want to say I love Greg's mom. She's not the MVP. <laughs> I just really like Greg's mom, especially at the end where the producers are like, "What did you think of Greg with hair?" And she just laughed at the camera. And that's the last <laughs> shot of the episode. <laughs> I love that. Great job, editor. I don't remember. I never looked up the editor, but great job, editor. <sighs> You're great. Um, I would, I'd have to say, fuck, I wrote her name down. I I swear. I take notes when I do Look these. Taking notes. I t- and I just kind of free ball. I take notes. I'm prepared. Um, I'd say Aaron um, and Anton. Cause yeah, Anton's a big I one. love Anton in this. He's just like, he's... He's embracing his New Jerseyan with his new European ways. <laughs> I just like that the director could speak German too, and I was like expecting him to get called out, and not really notice it. And I love how one the one of the la- the person who played Jan, who's the loudest of all the pink lady actresses, is, is just like, "What what are you guys saying? What are you guys saying? I mean, I don't get it." 
This is so New Jersey. Oh my god. Yeah, it looked like the probably the most stressful production um so far. To be yeah. honest, it was like no one wanted to do it. It was by record. It was the worst tech rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, what about that one girl? It's like I am Cha Cha because I'm the best dancer at. Like she had one line, but she was gonna make sure she was gonna get it. She she kept there's so many shots of her that cut to her in various places, just saying this line to herself throughout the episode Alone. by herself, sometimes into a mirror while she's doing her choreography that she doesn't do while saying the line. She just stands there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. She it did feels a great like the director job, is like, can, can we can we not can we not do the little little dance choreography that she did? Yeah, I guess maybe that was for later. She was practicing, but I don't know. They they the way they do the editing of the productions part, they take snippets of it, so we don't see the whole yeah. thing, obviously. So there might have been a big dance section she had that got cut in post. So cut in post. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, a technical term. <laughs> how does this? How does this rank among the other episodes? Uh, I don't like Grease that much, so it Me does neither. not help this episode at all. Um, I think it's so New Jersey that I kind of love it. Um, I've lived near New Jersey my entire life, so I'm in the area of New Jersey. I'm very close by. So I'm like, it made me feel weirdly nostalgic to when I went to that part of New Jersey when I went on vacation. And I wore Red Sox shirts to the beach when I was a kid, like oh, over my bathing no. suit. And as we were about to cross the turnpike, people would honk their horns and yell, Go Yankees! at my family. Uh, That's hilarious. So it may feel weirdly nostalgic for a time where Yankees fans yelled at me when I was a child. <laughs> I don't get sports connections. Uh. Okay, here's a quick summary for all you non-sports people so the red Sox and the yankees are two baseball teams they're both in the american league and they have a rivalry that started in the early days of baseball which is like the 1900s and it has remained that way since the 1900s what if a player gets traded from one team to the other and he's a traitor them as a it's just a fucking game, you guys. It's it's a game. This actually did happen. This has happened multiple times, though. Um, like, so the one of the biggest ones was like in 05. We had Johnny Damon was his name. He got traded to the Yankees right before Christmas of that year. And my parents oh, bought us no. Red Sox cutouts as like a gift after the 04 World Series oh win. God. And they bought me a Johnny Damon cutout before he got traded. So... On Christmas, they did what they did was they put a paper bag over his head and they put "traitor" like a sign on him. That's because hilarious. they d- they did not anticipate this happening, so it's like shit. We bought our daughter cut out of a random Red Sox player. Now he's in the Yankees. <laughs> Fuck. Sports is really intense. It is. Over There's there also the curse the... of the Bambino, which is a different thing. So, explain that. Okay, to so... my dumb ass. Okay, so. In 19... Here's a, big, here's a history lesson. Uh, in 19, I'm ready. So in, in the early 1900s, Babe Ruth, you probably heard of him. He's the best, one of the best baseball players of all time. He didn't invent the candy bar? He, he, it was named after him. But oh, so, so he used to be on the Red Sox in the early 1900s, in the 1910s. But in 1918, one of the dumbass Red Sox managers decided to trade him to the Yankees. Which right. is a 
strange choice. It might have been financially motivated. I do not remember right now. But he was traded to the Yankees by this very dumb manager. So, from 1918, so prior to this, the Red Sox had won a World Series every, like, two years pretty consistently. We were a very good, we were very good at baseball. And then we traded Babe Ruth. And then from 1918 to 2004, we barely made it in the championships. <laughs> and we blame Babe Ruth for this? We blame, we blame that dumbass manager trading Babe Ruth. And that's why it's, and his nickname was Bambino. So it's called the Curse of the Bambino. Maybe you just weren't that good at team. Which is probably ac- more accurate sentiment, but Red Sox fans are very superstitious, especially when you kept losing World Series over and over and over and over and over again, and you got so close half the time and you never made it. So, Have they ever considered that maybe they're just not good sports? Don't tell that to, don't tell that to any old Red Sox fan. They'll punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm just saying, may- maybe you should just get better players and, you know, well, yeah, it's that's all rigged a- anyways. It's true, it is rigged. But then we beat the curse in 04, and we won in 2007, 2013, and 2018. Okay, um, <laughs> I, this is what it's like to uh, support teams that win. Yeah. See, every Michigan team, except for, like, basketball, is garbage. yeah. <laughs> Also, I'm from the Philly area, so I should be a Phillies fan. I'm surrounded by Phillies fans, and they hate. You're not a Steelers fan. No, that's in, that's Pittsburgh. It's the other side of the state. <laughs> I like Pittsburgh. It's a very nice city. Yeah, it is a very nice city, but that's the other side of the state, and I'm not a Steelers fan. Uh, but no, I've been surrounded by Phillies and Eagles fans my whole life. So, <laughs> thanks, Dad. I'm kidding. <laughs> they hated me in elementary they no they would middle school people would be just like like you're a red sox fan they're always losing i'm like yeah and the sky is blue i'm fully aware they lose all the time i'm used to it by now jesus christ guys see i was so ingrained like do you know did i ever tell you how i made money in college no i hope it wasn't illegal no 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 i was it was very illegal um, I was a freelance videographer and photographer, um, for a lot of sports teams. So oh. I was like with this group. So like our most famous sports ball players, I did like their personal photography for. So, um, Darius Slay, who was like the big quarterback or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. For the Detroit Lions. I did his engagement photos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who these motherfuckers were. Um, Don Carey, another big uh, Lions player, did a bunch of his camps and did videography for him. Same with, um, um, oh, what's his name? Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Um, I did some photos of him um, and did a lot of interviews with him. I was in the locker rooms of all. The- <laughs> like, this is how I made money. This was my petty cash fund when it's i was in bad. college and i and i still have no idea who these motherfuckers were like photos would get posted where it's just like me and this person and they're like you know this guy i was like I, yeah i guess you live how you know, you do this you're living the dream of so many sports fans you, you know you're living a dream <laughs> yeah i was just like hey money <laughs> i was just with people that knew sports people and i was along for the ride <laughs> Oh no, I'm I'm a my dad's a sports person, so he puts he puts sports onto us as a thing to be into. So I own a lot of Red Sox stuff. Um, like back, <laughs> true story. So after they won the World Series in 2004, there was a special edition Wheaties box that came out. 
of in the front, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, one of the most famous Star Six players of all time, of him hitting a home run on a Wheaties on a Wheaties box. My dad wanted all of us to have this Wheaties box, so he <laughs> bought five boxes of Wheaties and he made us eat all of the cereal out of every box. <laughs> So we could. Wheaties isn't even that good a cereal, though. No, it's a weird sports cereal that tastes weird, and I ate it as a, as a kid. But I played sports back then, so yeah. So now I own an old dusty Wheaties box from two thousand five or oh four, and I have it on display above my bookshelf. You can kind of see it behind me. It's orange and obnoxious. <laughs> it's right near my college degree. <laughs> I mean, it's on equal footing with your house. It is. I ate a lot of Wheaties to get it, so. Yeah, I mean, and now you got strong bones or something. What the fuck is that cereal supposed to do? I I was, how old was that back then? I was eight? I guess that's stronger bones at age of eight. (laughs) Um, all right, so. (laughs) What a trip, right? What What an episode. I hope you all enjoyed that mild sports education. (laughs) Wow, we talk sports, horror movies. And, and almost nothing about Encore. <laughs> well, there's no Adam Walker in this. So <laughs> What are we supposed to do without Adam Walker? We, we're lost in the woods. Adam Walker, we need you back. Come back to us. I know you eventually do. I just don't know when. The next episode. Here's hoping. I checked IMDb. It says Adam Walker is in it. Yeah, my baby boy. He's back. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but Grease isn't that good of a show, so we don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> What's your cheese rating of this episode? Uh, I like this episode. It was solid. I just don't like Grease. It's not the fault of the filmmakers. It's the fault of my own taste. Anyway, I'm going to give it a New Jersey cheese delicacy, and that is Wawa Mac and Cheese. <laughs> And I can only give it moon cheese cheddar snacks, which are like these little cheddar snacks because the guy mooned his entire entire audience. Yeah, and they didn't show it. You know what? I respect them for that. Yeah, same, actually. (laughs) I did not want to see his butt. (laughs) I mean, if I was that person, I I would agree to do it in front of an audience, not in front of 5.3 million Disney Plus subscribers. Yeah, I mean, also, they blurred Daryl Hannah's butt and splash, so they wouldn't have let that happen. They didn't blur it. They gave digital ter- fur technology to her anus. That's the saddest thing. <laughs> Thank you, Allison Pregler, for doing the research on that. Thank you, Allison Pregler, for showing me that ter- how terrible the world is. <laughs> you know what? We're worse off for not seeing Daryl Hannah's butt, to be honest. It was a nice butt in that movie. I have it never seen Splash, feel- so now I can't watch it because I can't look at Daryl Hannah's butt. I, okay, qu- next question, and an actual thing to think about. When and if they put uh, Titanic on there, because that is a 20th Century Fox movie, will they hide uh, Kate Winslet's butt and tits? Yes, 100%. I don't know. I mean, that's an artistic scene. I feel like... Yeah, it, that's, that's true. It, there's a point to it. But I think there's a way to edit around it where you can get rid of the tits. And they'll probably do that. But why would you do this? I mean, if this is the the solidified way that the film is going to be, why do this? Why? why? Like, is Splash even available on HD without the digital fur technology ass? I've never looked into it. Uh, But, I mean... I don't think Splash is probably that great a film to begin with. I mean, they they might keep it. I don't know if they'll ever... But here's the thing. I don't know if it will ever be on Disney Plus because of the tits. Yeah. That's the real question. But have you heard of Disney Plus Star in other countries? No. 
So basically, it's like the adult center program where they have like oh. the Family Guys and all of that kind of stuff in its own little section. Can we have that in America? <laughs> well, it's called Hulu in America. That's true. It is Hulu. Yeah, that's true. Thank, thank God for Hulu. <laughs> we gotta pay for another whole fucking subscription service. <laughs> but that's also part of the reason why Disney Plus is so cheap here in compared to like other countries. Yeah, yeah. Like HBO Max is insane. Like, I mean. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a lot. The Will Bates Oscar I mean, Will Smith's Oscar movie is now on HBO Max for the month. So Have you watched it? Is it any good? Nope. I wasn't planning on it. He plays King Richard. I still, you know, I still haven't watched prominent... Dune. I haven't watched Dune either. Um I hear it's good. I, I love I love Timmy Chalamet. I love Oscar Isaac. He's my celebrity husband. I have a giant crush on him. So I want to grow a beard like him. That's my goal. I want that big, white, long beard of his. Does Miranda want you to have that, though? No, she does not. That's the real question. She was the one like, hey, you should grow your beard out again all summer. And now I'm doing it. She's like, okay. It's like the enough slices meme. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going until I look like George Seurat. And then I'm gonna, we're going to shoot that Sondheim video. <laughs> Oh god, sneak just dropping sneak peeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'll just I mean, this is a longer episode. If they made it this far. If they made it through the Nightmare on Elm Street talk and the Red Sox talk to this point to find out that little tidbit, good on them. They That's deserved true. it. They earned it. That's true. Get ready for Angel Lloyd Webber, an exploration of his life, kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even Angel Lloyd Webber. This is Sondheim. We already shot the Webber stuff. Yeah, the Webber stuff's on its way. <laughs> yeah, and you like that? promo image i know we're like basically not even talking to the podcast anymore we're just working now <laughs> this is behind the scenes of how we talk to each other it really is though no i liked it i liked it it's gonna be good people are gonna like i hope so i'm gonna be mad if it only gets three views well you'll get at least six okay that's good i can live with six i can live i, I will definitely put the noose away and <laughs> if i get at least six Oh, God. But if it's under six, man, time to end it all. It's true. Well, I hope you enjoyed our un our unfocused ramblings about topics. You know what? Not every episode's going to be a fucking keeper. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's the truth of the Real Musicals with Cheese show. I'm sorry we try to make every episode good, but not everyone is going to be good. That's just life, guys. Art is strange. Life is strange, and that's a video game. And we'll see you next time on Patreon with Cheese. Say goodbye, Liz. Goodbye. Being able to be in the show will be one of the greatest treasures of my life. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.